Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 46. Um, big day. Uh, we're going to get into, starting off, we're going to get into the trade deadline stuff and the deals. <coughs> we'll go over, I'll react to all the big deals. I'll go over my top five teams that won the trade deadline deals and my playoff C projections post-trade deadline. Um... And then we'll get into college basketball. I'm going to do my top five player of the year rankings, my second college basketball seed rankings, and my first mid-major top 11 rankings, not including Gonzaga. Then we're going to get into UFC 271 fight picks. Won't have my dad's on here. Haven't gotten to him yet. He's been real busy, so not going to have his on here. He will have his picks by Saturday, though. And uh, so, yeah, we'll get into those. Seven fights on that slate. Israel Adesanya Whitaker, too. Then we'll go NFL. Little off-season headlines, reacting to Bleacher Report's bold predictions for roster moves this off-season, and then my Super Bowl 56 predictions. <coughs> and what each team must do to win. Um, and then we're going to get into my 2.5 uh, mock. Um, and we're just going to we're going to go over that pretty quick. Um, but yeah, so let's get into some moves. I have the I have the list right here on NBA Tracker. Um, we'll go over what I think of the move. We're just going over the big ones. All right, so Wizards land Kristaps from the Mavs. Uh, Wizards get Kristaps and a future second rounder. The Mavs get Dimwitty and Bertans. I think the Mavs are fully moving into. Okay. Luca's our number one. Kristaps clearly isn't number two. Let's just get more help around Luca. You get a guy that can handle the ball in Dimwitty, a guy that hopefully can start shooting the ball better in Bertans. Um, so I think it was a good move because obviously the Kristaps Luca thing wasn't working. You know, you have made it out of the first round two years in a row. Your hope, you know, if, I think if they can land that five four matchup with Utah or Memphis, they're going to have a chance to win that series with or without Kristaps. Do they have a chance to win the title this year? I don't think so. Um, not with how good the top two is. But I think it was a good trade for the Mavs. Wizards are just, they're unloading, you know. Kind of, you know, Bradley Beal's having season in surgery. You're trying to, I guess, kind of clear up cap. You're hoping you can find something with Kristaps the rest of the season. You know, he's going to be the number one guy the rest of the year. So you're hoping you can find something with him. I like the trade for Dallas. As long as Bertans can get going. This was a great move for Charlotte. You know, uh, you have Mason Plumlee at center. You don't really have a great backup center. So you trade Ish Smith and Vernon Carey to Washington. You get Montrez Harrell. I love this move. You know, Mason's kind of your defensive center, and then Montrez comes in. He's your offensive guy. I like this move a lot for Charlotte. So that's a really big pickup. Um, let's see. Celtics landed Derek White for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and they did have they did have to trade two first-round picks for this. But Derek White, great player, I think helps Boston a lot. They get a 2022 first-round pick to San Antonio that's protected one through four, so they're going to get that, obviously. Boston's most likely going to be in the playoffs. And then swap rights on a 2028 first-rounder. So Boston in 2028, if Boston is worse than San Antonio, they'll flip, and San Antonio will take the higher pick. And I'll see the big one. James Harden's headed to, James Harden's headed to Philly. Um For Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first-round pick. Uh, right to defer to twenty twenty until twenty twenty three, and then a twenty twenty seven first round protected pick from one to ten. 
James Harden and Millsap go to the Sixers. I mean, I like it for both teams. You know, you have more depth in Brooklyn and you get better defensively with Drummond and Simmons and Philly. To me, you know, like you've you're the four seed right now and you haven't had Ben Simmons all year. So in my opinion, you're swapping your lineup, Seth Curry for James Harden and then Drummond for Millsap. That's a great move. That's a great move. James Harden is really happy to be there. He said he said he's really looking to get forward to play with a elite center like Joel Embiid. I think it's going to work. To me, Philly, as long as Harden's healthy and Embiid are healthy, they're the favorites in the East for me. Great trade by both teams. I think it fit both teams perfectly. Um, Any other big, big trades? I'm just looking for the big trades. Um, okay, nothing really huge. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson go to Indiana from Sacramento. Kings get Sabonis, Lamb, and Holiday. I, I think Kings fans were, you know, the Kings are gunning for a chance to get into that play-in spot. You know, they're not far, they're only a game behind the Pelicans from getting into that play-in spot. I think they'll fight for it. I don't know if they'll get it because I think the Pelicans also got better with the CJ McCollum deal. Um, Kings fans are going to chill, though, because you still have Davion and Fox. Yeah, you gave up Halliburton, who you all love, but Sabonis' first game, not even having to practice, 22-15-5. Okay, that's what he's going to give you. You thought, you thought Marvin Bagley was going to be what Sabonis is, and that's what Sabonis is. I like the move for Sacramento. And Indiana's going rebuild, and you can't start a you, you can't really start a rebuild better than you get Halliburton to build around. So I think both teams, the way the teams are going, Sacramento wants to try to get in the playing game. Indiana's tankiness, and you know theoretically, and then obviously the Blazers went complete overhaul. They got Josh Josh Hart, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Tomas Sadoransky, and a twenty twenty two protected first rounder. Doesn't do, I think the projections top ten? Pelicans get. C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snow. Pelicans, again, a team that's fighting to stay in the play-in and have a chance to make the playoffs. So that was this trade. And those are really the big deals that went down. I mean, there's some other good deals, but... So I'm going to rank my top five teams who won the trade deadline. At one and two, I have the Sixers at one and the Nets at two. I mean... Let's be honest. I think it just benefited both teams. Nets got more depth... And got better defensively, which they need to do. And the Sixers, like, like I said, for the Sixers is in that in that in that trade theoretically, you haven't had Simmons all season. So for your lineup that you've played, you're going James Harden for Seth Curry and then Paul Millsap for Andre Drummond. Yeah, Drummond's better than Millsap, but obviously Harden's better than Seth Curry. I think it's a great move. That's why I haven't won in two. At three, I have the Kings. I mean, I think they got so much better. You got rid of the Buddy Heald contract, and you got Demonis Sabonis. I was talking about this, you know, with uh, my brother and some of his friends. Uh, he's a poor man's Jokic. When you think of anybody that's like Jokic in the NBA, you think of Demonis Sabonis. Yeah, he's not as good, but he's damn good. I think it helped him tremendously. Four had the Cavs. We didn't talk about this trade. They got Karis LeVert. Great trade. Filling, you know, you were kind of running whoever at the shooting guard. Sexton's obviously out for the year. Now you have LeVert in there. Great trade for the Cavs. They're contenders. And five, I debated this one. Kind of a tie. Pelicans were in there for sure. I would say it's a tie between you got the Pelicans, you got McCollum, and people are going to call me crazy, Portland. Portland realized something that some teams fail to realize. They know they're not going anywhere this year. They acquired a ton of uh, they They got draft capital, and they have $60 million in cap this offseason. Tremendous work by Portland. They said, okay, Dame's out for a long period of time. We, they might not even bring him back this year. They might just say, shut him down. We have $60 million cap to make something happen this offseason and build their own day. That's why I think Portland's in the top five for one of the deadline. 
yeah, they gutted their roster. But I think it was smart. They know they're not doing anything this year. Some teams fail to realize that. If you're a Kings or Pelicans, your roster's so young, you want to push. Dame's older, you want to make something happen because you know you're not winning this year. You want to make something happen next year. Dame's older. Pelicans and Kings are younger. They want to fight and get in, try to get into that playing game and have a chance to get into the 7-8 spot. So my playoff seed projections post-deadline in the East, I'm saying the Heat are going to remain one. They're just a, they're just a really solid, really good team. They, they play so well together. They run that system so well. Heat are going to finish one. I got the Bucks finishing uh, two. You're going to laugh when I have these matchups. Okay, so I have the Sixers finishing three. I think they jump up big. I have the Bulls and Cavs four five. At six, I do have the Brooklyn Nets avoiding the playing game. People are going to be like, oh, you did that on purpose. I actually didn't. I did my entire list, and then I looked back, and I was like, oh, shit. I have the Nets and the Sixers playing in round one. Kind of funny, but, you know, that just happened. I didn't do that on purpose, but it's kind of funny how that could happen. I have Boston finishing seven. I really debate this could be switched for me, Boston and Brooklyn, because Boston got better today. Derek White, yeah, they traded away Schroeder, but you have Peyton Pritchard, you know. Um, You have Marcus Smart to run the one. You now have Derek White in there who can handle the ball. You got Daniel Theis back, a little more depth, uh, a little more depth at the uh, um, big big guy position, center position. I got the Raptors falling to eight. I don't see them continuing to do this, but who knows? I got the Hornets and the Hawks finishing nine and ten. Just don't think the Hawks, the Hawks are terrible defensively. The Suns give up a lot of points, or the Hornets give up a lot of points too. That's how I feel. In the West, Suns, top six stays the same. Suns one, Warriors two, Grizzlies three, Jazz four, Mavs five, six Nuggets. And yeah, I know you're you're all gonna say, oh, he's a homer, and I know the loss was bad last night. I think the Lakers are gonna make a push not to get into the playoffs. They will be the seven or the eight. It'll be them and the Clippers seven eight, and they'll play in the first playing game. You'll get the Battle of L.A. for the play-in. And then I think Minnesota's nine, and I'm Pelicans and Kings was tough. I'm gonna go Pelicans. I think CJ's a really really good trade for them. So I'm going Pelicans get in at the ten. All right, so let's go to a little college ball. Um, yeah, got some. I got some games I bet on tonight. Um, Bovad won a soccer parlay in the last minute. Duzan Vlahovic gets a goal for Juventus to give me a three leg or a three team parlay. All right, let's go to my top five. Player of the Year rankings. At five, I have Jaden Ivey, guard from Purdue. He's unreal. Do-it-all guard. Rebounds, passes, scores. It, defense, he's, he's, he can be really good at times, and then he can – it's just a lack of it's, – it's about effort with him defensively, you know. If he's, if he's in a stance ready to guard, he's locking you down. At four, I have Oscar Th- uh, Shibway from Kentucky, the center. He's averaging 16 and 16. Like, come on. Dude's a monster. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got him in there at four. Three, I have Ochai Abaji. Again, I don't think too highly of this Kansas team. Obviously, I think we're I think we're better than last year because we can score the ball a lot easier. We're worse defensively, but we can score the ball much better. And he's the he's what keeps us going. Ochai Baji's what keeps Kansas going. At two, I got Johnny Davis, the wing from Wisconsin. He's unreal. Uh, you know, returned uh, for his sophomore year. He's going to probably be a top ten pick easily, maybe even top five. And the number one though, I think is easy. Kofi Cokeburn. Let's see what I haven't really looked up what Cokeburn's. Uh, Averaging, but the dude is a seven. You know, I mean, what is he? Seven one, seven two, two eighty. Dude's a monster. Seven foot two eighty five. So this season, twenty one points, twenty two points, eleven rebounds. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude's ridiculous. Also averaging a block a night. He's not like. 
you know, obviously he's not like the most, you know, most athletically gifted guy, I don't think, because he didn't jump well, but he still can guard the rim. Um, but yeah, Kofi Copern's my number one. So let's get into my second college basketball seed rankings. My number one overall seed, I do have the Kentucky Wildcats. I think they're the most complete overall team in basketball. They can dominate you inside. Their guards can score. I really love Kentucky. Purdue, second. Hit, you know, I mean, I think Jaden Ivey could lead this, lead this team to great things. Overall, really solid team. I love Purdue. Gonzaga, three. I just worry about Gonzaga's defense. So the best offense, they do struggle defense. They can struggle defensively at times. And, you know, you're going to run into good teams in the tournament at some point. So I do love them offensively. I mean, like I, like Jay Bill said, best offense in the country all around. Uh, Auburn, even though with the loss, I still have them as a one seed, the last one seed. Uh, I think Auburn's still one of the best teams in the country. Um, they'll fight with Kentucky to win the SEC, but I still like Auburn. Two seeds, uh, Arizona's my number one overall two seed. You know, after losing to UCLA uh, at UCLA, bounce back with a big home win against UCLA. They look good. Arizona's phenomenal. Uh, Houston, they're 21-2. and two. They are my second two seed. I got Kansas as my third two seed. Bad loss to Texas. Should have won that game. Good thing for Kansas. You look at the rest of the Big 12, I think at minimum 6-2 and two the rest of the way. Probably 7-1, and one, though. Could go 8-0 if you win at Baylor. Um, but, yeah, Kansas, my number three two seed. And then Duke. I know they had a uh, bad loss to Virginia at home, but still Duke in there as my last two seed. Uh, my number one three seed is Baylor. Big win last night against Kansas State. You could have had them over Duke. I'm not huge on Baylor. I don't think they're a very good team. Or I mean, not uh, they're a good team, but they're overrated for sure, in my opinion. Uh, UCLA is my second three seed. You know, I think we all overrated UCLA at the start of the year. Um, you got to realize they were a 10 seed. Yeah, they returned everybody. They were still a 10 seed that made that run. Um, I think they're a really good team. They're dangerous. If they can get hot like they did last year before tourney time, they're going to be dangerous again. Texas Tech, bad loss last night at OU. Still have them as a three. Providence into my three this week. Um, Well-coached, play-hard, athletic team. I love Providence. Uh, number one four seed, Illinois, um, who have the obviously my national player of the year as of right now. Uh, two, Wisconsin, who have my runner-up national player of the year in Johnny, uh, Johnny Davis. And then I got Villanova, Michigan State. It was tough. I thought about Murray State, to be honest. I think they're creeping at 22-2, and two, and that'll lead us right into my first uh, mid-major um, top 11. Uh, Murray State's my number one mid-major. Um, I got Davidson at two. Watch them win. It, bat, they played horrible last night, but able to grit out a win. And those are the games you like to see. They played a St. Joe's team that I think had seven or eight players eligible to play. 10 and 11 in the league, or 10 and 11 overall, three and eight in the league or something like that. At, at home. Play, Davidson played terrible. I think they shot two for 23 from downtown, two for 24. So able to uh, scrap out a win like that is nice, though. I got Iona at three. I looked up mid-major rankings. And I don't understand why they didn't have the A-10 in there. A-10 not considered a mid-major? I mean, I would consider the VCUs and the St. Louis's and the Dayton's and the Davidson a mid-major. Iona at three, Rick Pitino, they're going to be well-coached. They're going to be really well-coached. So, I, I mean, they're playing really good this year. I think they're 19-3. and three. Uh, St. Mary's at four. Again, did not include Gonzaga in this because let's be honest, Gonzaga, the way they can recruit and stuff, they're not a mid-major. Uh, St. Mary's is in their conference. They're very good. Have them at four. Uh, St. Louis at five uh, from the A-10. Dayton at six from the A-10. And VCU at seven from the A-10. And then I go Chattanooga, really good team. Um, watched them play a lot this year. Obviously, you know, you get into sports betting, betting on college basketball. You watch a lot of these mid-major games. Um, Chattanooga is a very good team. Uh, they're a tournament team. They should win their conference tournament and be in the tournament. 
Uh, Ohio, another really good team. I like them a lot. Bad, you know, had a, I think they played tonight. Yeah, they played tonight. Had a bat, had a rough loss to Toledo, but they'll bounce back. Loyal Chicago 10, really good defense team. They just struggle to score, man. Uh, if they can keep it low and in the game, they'll hurt you, though, because, you know, they play fundamental, fundamentally sound basketball. 11, Cleveland State, really good team. Can shoot the lights out of the ball. Really like Cleveland State. UFC 271, Adi Asanya, Whitaker 2, Saturday, February 12th, family fight predictions. Again, my dads will be on there. I'll tweet them out. I'll tweet out the fight predictions Saturday morning from just so everyone knows again. Uh, so we're doing seven fights on this one. We only have, after this, three cards left before this round ends in the first first uh, first quarter of the season of the, of the, you know, the family fight picks. Then we go to a new one. Um... Alexander Hernandez versus Hanato Moicano. Um, let's bring up the odds, shall we? Uh, so I have picked Moicano via round two KO slash TKO. My brother picked Hernandez via decision, and my cousin Christian picked Hernandez via round two KO TKO. Right now it is Moicano favored, minus 180. Um, Hernandez plus 140. Love that fight. This should be a banger of a fight. Flyweight bout. Big fight for Perez. You know, this is could jump him into title title talks. Uh, you got he's the fourth ranked flyweight taking on ninth ranked flyweight Matt Schnell. Um, Christian picked Perez via round one KO TKO. I picked Perez via decision. My brother picked Schnell via round two sub. Perez is minus four hundred. Schnell plus three hundred. Uh, Andre Arlovsky, the vet against Jared uh, Vandera. Um, both my brother and my cousin picked Arlovsky decision. I went Vandera via round one KO TKO. Uh, Vandera is plus 120. Arlovsky minus 150. Um, okay. Now we go to Nasrat Hakparas versus Bobby Green. Bobby Green coming off a huge knockout win over Ally Aquinta. Um, I picked Green via decision. Christian, my, my cousin Christian, picked Green via round two. KO slash TKO. My brother picked Nasrat via decision. Right now, Bobby Green is a minus 145 favorite. Nasrat plus 120. Getting to the big ones. The three last three are unbelievable fights. I love this card. Love the last three fights of this card, especially. Uh, middleweight bout. J- uh, Jared Kandnir versus Derek Brunson. Already stated, winner's going to fight Izzy Whitaker. Winner next. Winner will get the next title shot. Um... We all three have Kandnir in different ways. Uh, Christian has Kandnir decision. My brother has Kandnir round two, KO, TKO. I have Kandnir via round one, KO, TKO. I think he's the better fighter. I think he's going to get him out of there quick. Uh, Kandnir is a minus 175 favorite to Brunson's plus 140. Brunson is a live dog, though. You know, if he can drag this and make it ugly, he is a live dog. Um, I think Brunson would honestly prefer this to be a fight night five-rounder if, if, if he had the choice. Co-main event, Derek Lewis, two of us. Somebody's going to sleep. We all have round one knockouts so far. I'm guessing my dad will as well. Um, me and my cousin have Lewis round one. My brother has two of us round one. I thought about two. I think somebody's going to sleep. Lewis minus 185. Tui minus 150. If you're a dog better, to me, if you're if you're liking the dogs, even though I've picked some of the... I picked Moicano. Hernandez, Vandera, and Hawk Parast. Three fighter parlay, all dogs, not a bad bet. Um, and then we go to the main event, the rematch. The two best middleweights in the world, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya versus Robert, the Reaper, Whitaker. Um, 
uh, last time, Whitaker got, you know, knock, knocked down bad at the end of round one and then knocked out in round two. Uh, I think the fight goes much different. Um, I think it goes different to start. I think what's going to happen here to start the fight, I think Rob's going to think, I think Rob thinks he's going to be able to wrestle. And people don't realize that Jan Blachowicz probably 230 pounds on fight night when he was able to take down Izzy. Rob's not, Robbie's fight at welterweight. He's not the biggest middleweight. Um, so my brother did take Whitaker decision. My cousin took Izzy decision. I'm going Izzy round four, KO slash TKO. I think he keeps his distance for the first couple rounds. Rob's not going to be able to take him down. Rob's going to start knowing, okay, I got to do something. He's going to try to make something happen, blitz and in. He's going to get caught by Izzy, and Izzy's going to win the fight. Izzy's a minus 290 favorite to Whitaker's plus 220. Again, you know, I could see this also being a very boring fight to where Izzy just out outpoints him for five rounds too. That's a sad thing. I don't think you're going to get that with Kenyar Brunson or Lewis Tuivasa though. Uh, Nasra and Bobby Green's going to be exciting. Van Deren Arlovsky should be good. I don't know about the flyweights. You never know, but Hernandez and Moicano should be, it should be a, no short of a lot of action. should be a lot of action in that fight. Um, but yeah, good, really good card. Um, cannot wait. So let's get on with, uh, some, Uh, NFL talk. Obviously, Sean Payton retired. We talked about that last time. Packers do not want to trade Rodgers. They believe he wants to stay. Let me get a drink real quick. Eric Bieniemy did have an interview with the Saints, but they chose to go with Dennis Allen, their DC, and hire in-house. Um, people are wondering. Bieniemy's had you know multiple. Interviews and they're wondering is his inter- is he not a good interviewer? Like, do they get a read off that? They don't know. They just you know they think maybe he's not the guy that people think he is. And uh, you know, is he so like sought after at times because of Andy Reid? You know, that can worry people. Jags hired Doug Peterson. I loved this hire. I loved this hire. Doug Peterson. Yeah, he had a lot. His his last few years at Philly weren't very good. He took. He was able. To, he had. He gave Carson Wentz. He had Carson Wentz's best season where if Carson didn't get hurt, he would have won MVP. That same year, Nick he took Nick Foles to win a Super Bowl. He's an offensive genius. Now he's with Trevor Lawrence, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. I think this hire could not be better for Trevor Lawrence. Opposite of what the Bears did of hiring a defensive coach. They go and hire an offensive guy. I love this hire. I think this is a match made in heaven. I think it's going to work. I'm not saying the Jags will make the playoffs next year, but I think in two two years' time, not this year, but the year after, I think the Jags are a playoff team. Uh, Pats will talk to Adam Gase and Bill O'Brien for the vacant OC job. Interesting about Adam Gase, huh? Bill Belichick, he, he, can, he can hire some weird guys. Uh, obviously, uh, they lost uh, Josh McDaniels to the Raiders. Uh, Texans are hiring defensive coordinator Lovey Smith as their head coach, and they actually announced they will not hire defense coordinator. Lovey Smith will also still just call the defensive plays. Interesting. I like it, though. Lovey's a great D.C. Uh, so let's react to Bleacher Reports predicting bold roster moves for this offseason. And we're going to circle back and do a little NBA talk at the very end, too, about you know just some teams. Uh, Buccaneers trade for Derek Carr. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do I think that happens? 2. Josh McDaniels loves him, I heard. So I'm going to say a one. It's not going to happen. 
Raiders then trade for Jimmy G. Well, that's obviously not going to happen because I don't think the Raiders... I know that Jimmy G and McDaniels really liked each other. Okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll say they're both out of three. I'll say they're both out of three if McDaniels truly thinks Jimmy G is the guy. Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay. I'm going to put it as an eight. I think so, too. At this point, I really do. So I'm going to put it as an eight. Actually, I'll even go nine. Steelers trade up to draft the quarterback. Obviously, in my mock drafts, I do... I'll do a two mock drafts, no trades, and then I'll throw one in there with trades, you know, and kind of getting a little wild. This mock draft is the second. It's my. Uh, it'll be regular picks are staying. Next mock draft will be trades. I do think they trade up. I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say it's. Two, I'm gonna say seven. So I do think it does happen, but also I, you know, I could see it not happening because maybe they land a free agent. But I'm gonna say seven. Malik Willis goes in the first round. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put it as a ten. I think he does. I heard that teams love him. Um, you know, I still have him as the third or fourth, but you know, it is what it is. I'll say, I'll say it's a 10 though. He's going to go the first round. So what each team must do to win Super Bowl 56, the Bengals offensively. I know it's been tough for them at times. They did a lot better at it against the chiefs than they did against the Titans. Keep Joe Burrow on his feet. I know their O-line is not the best. They gotta find a way. I mean, that D line of the of the Rams is gonna be coming, and I have a bad feeling that that's gonna be the game. Is the Rams are gonna dominate, in the way the Titans did, but the Rams don't have Tannehill. They have Matt Stafford, and that could be the difference. Defensively, even if it's OBJ, make someone besides Cooper Cup beat you. I know. I think OBJ is still an elite wide receiver, but I'm not letting Cooper Cup go for 12 catches, 175 yards, and two touchdowns because you're going to lose that game if that happens. It's going to happen. You're going to lose that game. For the Rams, offensively, establish the run game to open up the play action. I think that's what teams have, you know, the, obviously Derrick Henry didn't run the ball well. The Chiefs really didn't try to run the ball much. Um, but if they can establish with those two backs of Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle, if they can establish the run and open up the play action, it's going to be a lot easier for the Rams. Defensively, obviously, same, same thing, opposite of the offense. Get to Burrow. If they get 8, 9, 10 sacks like the Titans did, they're not losing this game like the Titans did. Because I don't think Stafford's throwing three picks. Okay, so if they can get if they get five, six sacks, which is still a lot for a game, I think they win. And so that's my prediction. I have the Rams winning 31-24. I've went back and forth. I think I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams 31-24 to win Super Bowl 56 at home. Um... Obviously, people say uh, not really a home game. You know, the away fans are there more than the home fans. Yeah, I think they turn out more for the Super Bowl, though, if we're going to be completely honest. But, yeah, I got the Rams by seven. And I think it's – I don't even think it's necessarily a close game. I think you. I think it's like 31-17, late touchdown by the, by the Bengals to make it look closer than it actually was. I think the Rams are just the better team. I don't think they'll make the mistakes – like the Chiefs did and like the Titans did. I just don't. So let's get in to the mock. Before we go to the mock, let's talk about some teams. Uh, certain teams. Nets, obviously. Let's look up the current standings of the uh, NBA conference standings. Okay. So we're just talking about the top. So right now the Nets are sitting at 8. 
I think they definitely creep up. They're only a one and a half back from the Raptors. I think the Nets definitely creeped up. Creep up. I think. Uh, well, I think it's going to be Nets, Nets, uh, Celtics who get that six. One of them I do think will be in the playing game. Uh, what's crazy to say? I think that will happen. One of them will be. Hawks again. I don't think they blow it to the Wizards or Knicks, but I do think they stay around the ten nine with the Hornets. Both of them will be ten nine. Raptors I think will be seven eight. My pick is the Nets get to the six and Boston stays at the seven. Lakers in trouble. Now three back from the Wolves. A lot of games left still, but only a game back from the Clippers. I do think the Lakers find a way to get into the 8-7 game to where they hopefully don't have to win two to get in the playoffs. Because if you're the Lakers, what could be the worst thing is if you're 9-10, you have to play Phoenix in round one. Because I think the Lakers match up really good with actually... I'm not going to say really good because the Lakers are just dog shit. The Lakers match up way better with the Warriors, I think, than they do the Suns. I think the Suns beat the shit out of them in four or five. I think LeBron gets swept or they lose in five games. I'm not going to lie. I think they could beat the Warriors, actually. I really do think they could beat the Warriors. But through the Lakers, get into the playoffs. Anything can happen, right? You have LeBron and AD. Anything can happen. Just get into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, a disaster. It's a disaster for the Lakers right now. Westbrook's obviously not working. Can they find a way to turn around after the All-Star break? We'll see. Uh, let's see who do the Lakers play. So coming up, they got they got a break until they play the Warriors. I mean, it just doesn't get easy. You, your next four: Warriors, Jazz, Clippers, Pelicans. I'd love to see two and two in that span, honestly. Uh, three of them at home. You know, you'd love to win all three at home. The Jazz without Rudy are very beatable still. Even you know they can shoot the shit out of the ball, but I mean, the Lakers got to figure it out. I would love to see them at least be competitive with Golden State uh, Saturday. Um, but yeah, you know, Lakers got to find something here because they didn't make any moves. So this is your roster. You know, they're hoping for some buyouts, but let's be real. This is your roster. You got to make something happen now. Um, let's get into the mock. Jaguars, still got them taking Evan Neal. I mean, come on. It's Evan Neal. You got to, you got to protect T-Law. Like I've always said, you got to protect him. Lions, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, edge rusher. Keep him in, keep him in Michigan. Why not? Thibodeau to the Texans uh, at three. Kyle Hamilton to the Jets at four. Arguably the best player in this draft. If you're going pound for pound. Giants, get a tackle, please. Ikem Ikawanu from the NC, from NC State. I still got Corral going six. Could be changed by my next one to Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. We'll see. But I still, as of right now, got Corral six. Um, David Ajabo. I uh, got him going seven to the Giants. So they got five and seven. They get their... They get their outside on the O-line, and they get their outside on the D-line. Uh, and then I got the Falcons teaming up A.J. Terrell with Derek Stingley Jr. at 8. I love that pick. At 9, I have the Broncos taking Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pitt. You know, Again, I'm, I'm assuming that I'm going my mock drafts because nothing has happened, so I'm going off my mock drafts of quarterbacks are not on the move yet. I can't project this. Once trades happen, once Watson or Wilson gets moved, then I'll adjust for sure. Uh, 10, Jets again have two top 10 picks. This time you go to tackle. So now you got Becton and Charles Cross from Mississippi State. I got him going 10. I got the Redskins. Excuse me. I will now call them by their names. They're not the football team. The Commanders, Washington Commanders taking Malik Willis at 11. I got the Vikings sticking with the Maude Gardner at 12. I mean, they got to go corner. Uh, Browns going Garrett Wilson, the receiver from Ohio State. Ravens going George Karloftis, the edge from Purdue. Uh, Eagles go back-to-back here. I got them going Linderbaum to... You know, get younger on the O-line, and then linebacker Nicobe Dean can't go wrong there. 
Uh, Chargers, I think Mike Williams is going to get a huge contract, so I'm going Drake London to the Chargers at 17. Saints at 18 take Chris Olave. At 19, the Eagles back on the clock take a corner, Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. Steelers taking Sam Howell from North Carolina. 21, big deep ball threat here for uh, Mack and the Pats, Jamison Williams. At 22, Jordan Davis, the D-lineman from Georgia, to the Raiders. At 23, the Cardinals take DeMarvin Leal, the D-lineman from A&M. Uh, people call me crazy. The Cowboys, I haven't taken uh, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. Um, again, this isn't a set mock draft. I'll have my set one when it comes, but as right now, I think if you can get Devin Lloyd at 24, him and Parsons for your future, come on now. 25, the Bills taking Kenyon Green, get some better interior line help. 26, Jermaine Johnson, the edge from Florida State to Tennessee. 27, the Bucks take Roger McGeary, the corner from Auburn. At 28, the Packers. Finally draft the receiver for Rodgers, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Dolphins also go receiver, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Chiefs go safety, could lose Tyrone Matthew. Daxton Hill from Michigan. At 31, Bengals, obviously you're going O-line. Tackle Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. And the Lions go Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State. At 33, to start the second round, Trayvon Walker, the D-lineman. The D-lineman from Georgia, headed to Jacksonville at 33. At 34, I got the Lions taking George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia. So back-to-back Georgia players. Jets go O-line again. This time it's inside. Zion Johnson from Boston College. Giants go D-lineman from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt. Texans at 37 go Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington. Arnold Ebiketti, the edge at Penn State, goes 38 to the Jets. Jets have so many picks. Bears go corner from Florida, Kyrie Elam. Broncos go linebacker Christian Harris from Alabama. Uh, Seattle goes Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan. And again, once it's coming around to draft season, I'll do a whole draft special where I give my rankings on my board and who I think will go, and we'll get deep into it. Uh, Washington Commanders go Daniel Falele, tackle from Minnesota. Uh, Falcons go quarterback Carson Strong from Nevada. Um, you know, back up Matt Ryan, and then maybe he takes over. Uh, Browns go edge, Drake Jackson. I don't think they'll bring back uh, Clowney. Uh, Ravens go corner, Kyler Gordon from Washington. Uh, Vikings go uh, Fielder and Mathis, D-lineman from Alabama. Uh, Colts go Louis Seen, safety from Georgia. And then at 48, the Chargers go Logan Hall, D-lineman from Houston. At 49, Saints go Desmond Ritter, quarterback from Cincy. At 50, the Dolphins take Isaiah Spiller, running back from a and I believe he's the only running back I have going <laughs> in the first two rounds. That'll probably have to change, but... We live and learn. Uh, Eagles go receiver Jalen uh, Tolbert from South Flo- South Alabama at 52. Steelers go Darian Kennard, offensive tackle from Kentucky. Uh, Raiders go corner Darion Kendrick from Georgia. Uh, then the Pats go linebacker Quay Walker from Georgia. Georgia's just got so many guys drafted. Uh, Majai Sanders, edge from Cincinnati to Arizona. Cowboys take Kobe Bryant, corner from Cincy. Bills go David Bell, wide receiver from Purdue. Atlanta goes Kingsley and Igbari, edge from South Carolina. Uh, Green Bay goes Nicholas Petit-Friere, offensive tackle from Ohio State. Uh, Bucks go Trey McBride, tight end from Colorado State. Rob might not play next year. Um, Nick Benito, the edge from Oklahoma, to Sam Fran at 61. Chiefs grab John Mechie, the third wide receiver from Alabama at 62. Bengals go Jalen Weidemeyer, tight end from A&M. And Broncos go Perion Winfrey, D-lineman from Oklahoma. Boom. So that'll that'll conclude this podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.